and welcome to series three of A Coffee With, a C&D podcast where I sit down with some of pharmacy's most inspirational women to find out how they got to where they are today. I'm Emily Stern, a reporter at C&D, and in every episode, I'll be talking to a different woman in pharmacy to chat about their career highs and lows, their aspirations and fears, and everything in between. So, pour yourself a cuppa and join me for the latest instalment of A Coffee With. My guest today is Tracy Lyons, a medicines optimization pharmacist and the pharmacy sustainability lead at University Hospitals Dorset NHS Foundation Trust. Last year, she was appointed the UK Clinical Pharmacy Association's Environmental and Sustainability Advisor. In February 2021, Tracy also co-founded Pharmacy Declares, a group of climate conscious pharmacy professionals calling for planetary health leadership and action. So welcome, Tracy, and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real delight to be here. So I wanted to start off by talking about how you got started in pharmacy. What prompted you to study pharmacy? Um, if I'm completely honest, I had a, an uncle and aunt who were pharmacy technicians and they were just so enthusiastic about what they did and their profession. Um, my aunt worked in um, the hospital setting and my uncle was a lecturer at the School of Pharmacy. So they're always promoting it and talking about how much they enjoyed their role. And I, I wanted to go into something that helps people. But if I'm completely honest, I didn't want to touch anyone. So pharmacy seemed like the perfect career. And yeah, it's been brilliant. It's allowed me to do lots of the things that I really love, as well as working in a, you know, a fantastic profession. So could you give us an overview of your career so far? I've loved it. Maybe it's been a little bit varied, but I've worked in hospital for all of my career. But after um, I did my residency in a big teaching hospital, I decided to go travelling. So I spent about five years locoming anywhere and everywhere, all around the UK, all around um, Australasia, and um, just travelled anywhere I could. And I think that's really changed the way that I see life, having, you know, worked in different locations and met people from all walks of life, all sorts of cultures, really gives you a different view on things. And I had an absolutely amazing time. So I did that for, I say, about five years. And then I came back to the UK and I was really lucky. I ended up working with the infection team, the infectious management team at Imperial College. So I've worked with a, a really elite team there. And then a couple of years ago, I moved down to beautiful Dorset. And then I'm now doing medicines optimization with University Hospitals Dorset NHS Trust. So could you give me, uh, or could you describe your, your day-to-day job now? Yeah, sure. So currently I'm, a, as I say, a medicines optimization pharmacist. And I think you, you wear different hats in that role. So a lot of it is about making sure that you're providing evidence-based medicine. So you have the clinical hat. So you have to make sure that all of the guidelines and the services we offer are focused around the right drug at the right dose for the right patient, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also a financial hat you have to wear, an accountancy role, and you have to make sure that the NHS budget goes as far as possible. So it's making sure we pivot therapy to the best outcome for the patients with the best use of NHS resources. But what's brilliant in my current role with my current interest in sustainability is that over the last few years, everybody's realised that actually when you have this equation of finance and efficacy, you have to add a third element into the equation and that's sustainability. So we know that our use of medicines has an impact on the environment around us and that itself 
affects people's health because we know that most illness is driven by the environment. It can actually induce ill health or bring on good health, prevent um, problems developing. And that will affect the number of people seeking treatment and the way that the NHS is able to look after everyone. So it's this, we call it the triple bottom line. And that's really what I've been doing in the last couple of years. So could you tell me a little bit more about how your interest in sustainability and environmental work was sparked really? If I've got to really put my hand up, I'd say I've always been an environmentalist. I've always been a bit of a nature nerd. And for a long time, I really felt quite frustrated in pharmacy. I love the day-to-day bit of it. And I love looking after patients. But actually, there's part of me that wanted to be out working in the fields or the forests or more recently, or you know, picketing for environmental leadership and action. But the thing that really sort of helped me focus and join the two areas was um, the fact that I lived in France for a year and I was there um, at a time of a really intense heat wave which saw thousands of people die. I just saw how it impacted on the well-being of the community around me. The hospital I worked in had to get in a refrigerated morgue truck to look after the people that died, all of the elderly and the frail. And the other thing that really, really stood out for me was that in the middle of the heat wave, the tarmac on the roads was melting. So we couldn't get ambulances out to people. It was a real point of crystallisation to say climate change is not just some abstract concept. It's something that's happening here and now. And it's going to affect the way that I live the rest of my life and the people that I care about do. I just suddenly realised that as health professionals, we have this platform to do something about it. It was the merger point of my, my two interests. And that's what led me to where I am today. So last year you were appointed as the UK Clinical Pharmacy Association's Environmental and Sustainability Advisor. Could you tell me a little bit about how that role came about? Yeah, sure. It's quite a title, isn't it? (laughs) It looks really good on letterheads. So when we started Pharmacy Declares, one thing that was really important to us was that our professional bodies showed leadership with regards to climate action. And one of the most important things that we were asking for was actually a declaration of climate emergency. Because we feel this is exactly the same as giving someone a medical diagnosis. You know, you wouldn't ask a patient to undergo surgery or chemotherapy without telling them what's wrong. And so we feel that for people to take action, we have to name the problem. And so I have been a, you know, I've been a member of the UKCPA for years and years and years, and I think they're a brilliant organisation. And really friendly and approachable too. So I contacted the senior team and explained my position and they were so welcoming. They were absolutely fantastic. And they invited me to come along and explain the, the impacts of climate change and the, you know, the ecological crisis we find ourselves in and the link to health. And it was just brilliant. They, they got it so quickly. You know, everyone is so busy, but they took the time out to really think about it and see the the influence that this will have on, um, you know, the UK CPA's actions themselves, as well as everybody else. And everything happened so quickly after that, you know, they were truly amazing. And they declared a climate emergency very shortly afterwards. And they have adjusted the way that they work. They've had a complete change around, even before the, the pandemic, the way they viewed delivering of information, you know, they're, they're very education focused. They change their internal working practices and they've started to view all of their activities now with the sustainability lens. So you can't really ask for more from a, you know, a clinical health organization. And so over the last year or so, we've all been sidetracked by the, the pandemic, obviously, quite rightly so. 
but we've been talking about what we can do going forward. And we want to incorporate sustainability into all of the different areas that the UK CPA works in and bring it into the different areas of education so that it's not just a siloed area of interest, that it's incorporated in all the specialist areas so that the whole workforce can become sustainable champions. So you mentioned Pharmacy Declares. Can you talk a little bit about why you set it up, when you set it up? What was the process like really establishing Pharmacy Declares? Oh, I'd love to. This is my my favourite topic um, in the world. So I had been working with Health Declares for quite a while. They are um, a group of absolutely wonderful um, medics, surgeons, nurses, midwives, etc. And they also wanted their organisations to declare a climate emergency and to divest from fossil fuels. So exactly the same goals that we have for pharmacy declares. And I went to meeting after meeting for year after year and I just couldn't find anybody else in pharmacy. And I thought, you know, I can't be alone out here. So they were very kind and they helped me throw out a tweet into the Twitter sphere, you know, asking for other pharmacy professionals. And I really thought and I really worried that nobody would answer. But the response was just overwhelming and people just popped up from all over the country. And I have to say it was one of the most life affirming experiences ever. And I think for all of us, actually, we thought we were working alone, working in the silo. And so to find this network of people who want to do exactly the same as you and have this really clear end goal in sight, which is, you know, really noble cause. Actually, we want to save life on Earth. We want to and take climate action and look after the people around us. It's just joyful, actually. It's just amazing. And so one of the, the biggest barriers has been the sort of overwhelming growth that we've had because so many people want to get involved. But one of the really positive things about it is that I found the whole experience to be really supportive. And I guess when you have everybody that comes together for such a brilliant cause, naturally you're going to find people that are really generous with their time and expertise. And so what I found is that we all bring something different to the table and everybody's been helping each other learn as we go along. And so, you know, we have an amazing lady called Mina Ai, who is, she's just a force of nature, actually. Um, and she's helped us with um, creating a website, with communication. We have people like um, Peter Morgan who have helped us with strategy and vision. And we just have people in pockets of expertise all around the country who have just been contributing to the discussion and educating us and helping us find new ways to become more sustainable and for pharmacies and professions to become a little bit greener. So what are some of the future goals for pharmacy declares? Oh my goodness, we want more and more bodies to declare a climate emergency, of course. So far, it was the UK CPA, the Association of Pharmacy Technicians UK, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society was obviously a very big one for us, and the Pharmacist Defence Association most recently. But we would love other organisations to step up. You know, there are so many specialist organisations that are within pharmacy, whether that's, you know, for paediatrics or gastroenterology or respiratory care, etc. And we want all of them to realise exactly what the challenge is. And so we want them to communicate to their members what we're facing. And then naturally, if any of them have investments in fossil fuels, we want them to divest. But the brilliant thing that's become really apparent after setting up the group has been that we had these two very, I guess, quite simple objectives at the start. 
But the expertise that's in the room now means that we can do a lot more. So we have education work streams and we're hoping to introduce sustainability into the undergraduate and postgraduate curricula. And we have medicine sustainability experts. So we're looking at pharmacy practice you know, in the real working world. So yeah, there are, the goals are growing all of the time. And it's, you know, it's just what people can do and the imagination they have. So you mentioned pharmacy practice. For people that don't know, what are the drugs or the devices that contribute the most to harming the environment? And so what can, I guess, we do about that? It's actually quite um, a new field. It's an emerging field. Um, and at the moment, the NHS in England, and I think the healthcare globally, is really focused on the carbon footprint of healthcare. So there are other ways that medications can harm the environment. You can talk about pharma pollution and ecotoxicology, um, but at the moment they are growing fields and everybody is really looking at the carbon footprint things to make sure that we can reduce that and limit the impacts of healthcare on climate change. And at the moment, we have information for inhaled anaesthetics and we have information for inhalers and we have information for some medical gases. Outside of that, we don't have a lot of information about the carbon footprint of drugs. So there are fantastic information resources enabling you to provide green healthcare in terms of, should we call them greener inhalers, uh, lower carbon footprint inhalers. But I have to say, you have to make sure that the, this is all patient-centered and you know, the patients are able to use the inhaler because the greenest inhaler is the one that keeps the patient well and out of hospital. But beyond that, I think if you are a pharmacy professional and you think, I can't change a guideline or um, you know, I'm, not, I'm not in a hospital, so I'm not going to use inhaled anaesthetics, um, the really important thing to understand is that pharmacy as a role and pharmacy jobs are green jobs. So anything that prevents a patient needing healthcare is a sustainable role. So if you are counselling your patient on how to use any medication and it keeps them well, that's a sustainable move. Or if you are um, adjusting a patient's therapy so they don't have any side effects or adverse drug reactions and it keeps them out of hospital and it keeps them well, that's a green move. And the, the really beautiful thing is that it looks after the patients as well. It's so helpful because often when you talk about sort of sustainability in the environment, it's such an abstract concept. People can't, particularly sort of healthcare workers, you don't know exactly how to just, just, just specifically, I guess, fight for change or to become more sustainable. Exactly. And it's a, I think I found it, it's a bit like any new topic you study, like, I don't know, if you went to learn law or German or something, there's a whole new set of vocabulary that you have to understand. And so I maybe if I can say like the, the key thing to understand, I think, is that this idea of planetary health. <laughs> we have to understand that for us to thrive and be well and, you know, well looked after, the planet does as well. So we have to start to view um, the things that we do in terms of their impact on the environment around us. And if we understand that basically all of our human activity has an impact on the world around us, anything we can do to reduce consumption and reduce use, um, be that in, you know, air miles or admissions to hospital or the, you know, the volume of medications that we issue, all of those are green initiatives and green moves.
You mentioned that you're looking to work more with sort of the undergraduate courses, um, so introducing sustainability into that. Could you talk a little bit more about that and what that will involve? There are a team of really expert educationists who are working with pharmacy declares, and I'm not even going to pretend to have a tiny fraction of their knowledge. Um, but they are looking at how to incorporate sustainability into the undergraduate curriculum. And that's not just about inhalers or particular drug groups, although that's important. And we want a future generation of pharmacy professionals who understand carbon footprinting of healthcare. That's really crucial. But we want a generation or future generations of pharmacy professionals who understand that there is a health climate impact of everything that we do. And we want them to view service design and service delivery that way, as well as seeing it through to the other end so that um, they understand that they can benefit patient health by looking at the way that healthcare is delivered at the very start of it. And if we can minimise the impact of pharmacy on the environment, patients will benefit at the very end. So for pharmacists listening today, what can they do day to day to become more sustainable or to practice more sustainably? Oh, brilliant. They can become sustainability champions. Everyone can. And the most important thing to realise is that as pharmacy professionals, we have this social standing that means that whatever we do, people will notice and people trust us. So our messaging is really important. And I'd say the first thing you can do is actually talk about the climate crisis and how important it is to look after your health. Because if you want to spin it positively, this is the best opportunity we have to create a world that's safe for everybody. You know, um, if we tackle the climate crisis, we'll have clean air, we'll have clean water, we will have um, a plentiful supply of food, safe housing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So anything you do that has climate action at its heart will look after your patients. So you know, people are becoming aware. So it's a, you have a chance to talk to them about it. But in terms of actual day-to-day pharmacy practice, you can look at the drugs that we use and how we use them and how we dispose of them. And if you can optimise any of those points by counselling your patients or making sure that they know how to dispose of their medication correctly so it doesn't pollute the environment, etc., etc., um, they'd be really key, easy wins. You can also look at the way you deliver your service. So there are some brilliant examples in high street pharmacy where businesses have bought electric scooters or electric tri-bikes to deliver the, the medicines and reduce the, the air pollution and the carbon footprint of the service they provide. All sorts of things. What's the biggest challenge you faced of working within sort of sustainability within healthcare? That's a really good question. I think for me, just getting the message across at a time when services are so stretched and everyone has so much else on their plate. What I found is people are so passionate about healthcare and they're, you know, they're really involved in their specialist area. You really have to work hard to make everybody understand that this is going to impact them and their specialist area and all for managers. It's, it's important to look at sustainability when they're viewing a budget and allocation of resources the most important message to get across to the pharmacy profession is the fact that this is intertwined with everything we do and as you know we spoke about earlier about not putting sustainability into its own little pocket that's the key thing i think 
So how can the pharmacy sector more generally, I know we've spoken about day-to-day pharmacists and the work they do, how can the sector as a whole really become more sustainable? That's an excellent question. So obviously we know we covered the early ones, so declare a climate emergency, tell people what's going on and make sure you're not contributing to the climate emergency by you know divesting from any fossil fuels that you have. But in terms of pharma companies, there are some brilliant moves by pharma companies at the moment. People are trying and they are developing, but obviously it all needs to be faster. Um, I would love pharma companies to put time and money and resource into doing a full life cycle analysis for all of their products so that you know we know exactly what the carbon footprint is of the drug right from the point of the active pharmaceutical ingredient all the way through shipping and packaging and development all the way to disposal it's when we have that then we can have a national system for grazing the carbon footprint of all of our, our therapies i'd also like them to make information available about the environmental impact of the drugs so we know that so many medicines are once they pass through patients go into water systems and we know that the majority of rivers and water bodies in the uk are contaminated with pharmaceuticals but we don't know what impact that has on the organisms that um, live in those waterways and what impacts that has on us later on so i would love pharma companies to put and say time and money and resource into researching this and again making the information available and sharing it all so that we can all learn together. I'd love to look back to reflect on your career so far now. What do you think has been the biggest challenge you've faced and how have you overcome that? I think I've been really lucky. I've been surrounded by really encouraging people throughout my career. So I think the, the challenges are probably ones that I've thrown in my own way um, by being too I think I've been too reticent or too afraid to go for things. I was chatting about this with a friend recently and both of us were saying, actually, we held back for a really long time before making any move because we thought we had to be experts in the field to have a valid opinion or we needed to be at the very top of our profession for anybody to listen to us. And it, it just plays on all of the stories that you hear about the, the male-female approach to job interviews, for example. And we were saying, actually, the challenge has been our own reluctance to step forward. And that's probably held us back quite a lot. But so, yeah, I think uh, the whole pharmacy declares uh, role and move has actually been quite a good confidence boost um, because I think we've all supported each other and we've realised that you can't, your, your opinion is valid. You need to get out there and give out this really important message. Where do you hope pharmacy will be within the next 10 years? In the next 10 years, I hope we have zoomed along the sustainability pathway and I hope that Greener NHS have fully realised all of their, um, their decarbonisation plans um, um, because at the moment we're on a, we're on a pathway where we have an idealised situation so that by in the next decade, all medications purchased by the NHS um, have a full carbon pr- footprint um, data set available. And I hope that within the next 10 years, we're fully on our way to decarbonising pharmaceutical care. We have Green NHS and their decarbonisation plan so that each pharmaceutical um, is is made available with um, a full carbon footprint. I would love to think that um, the pharmacy profession and has worked with 
pharmaceutical companies and gone even further and we are now producing drugs that are benign by design in terms of the environment so that we have drugs that are formulated at the very point of um, you know step one of the first trial so that they look after the patient without doing any harm to anything around them in the environment um, and the ideal situation would be that this isn't a niche topic area that the the graduates and the newly qualified pharmacy professionals that are coming out have this you know built into all of their education streams and are able to use all of this information that would be the dream on the flip side then would you say pharmacy declares has been your real sort of career high oh absolutely i've always really enjoyed work and i've always had a goal of making sure my patients were safe and well looked after and then i i wanted to go home and step away from pharmacy but I have never done anything where I've had so much passion for work. And I go to work now and I have my day job, which has got this whole new aspect to it, which I'm, you know, I'm enthralled by. And then I go home and I just want to do more because I can see so much benefit for my patients and the community around me. It's really enthusing to work in this new area. So absolutely, definitely my high. So what would you say are some of your future career goals? Maybe not my career goals, but I would love to be at a place where pharmacy in the UK can say, you know, we, we've really got a handle on sustainability. We've got carbon footprints for all of our drugs and we know how to incorporate that into our decision making. You know, pharmacy as a system and as a profession is adapting for climate change and mitigating the impacts of it and as a force and as a profession we are unified in tackling this but that would mean I could retire very happily. <laughs> Looking back and sorry your career what advice or what piece of advice do you wish you'd been given and started your career in pharmacy? I wish I'd made the connection between health and climate at the very start of my career um, I think that would have dramatically changed it but I think from a, a personal advice point of view it just goes back to what we were saying earlier is that you know really have the confidence to take a stance and voice the things that are really important to you and follow those up you know it goes back to um the fact that your opinion is valid and i really wish someone had pushed me towards um tackling the things that were really important to me right from the start so that would be my advice to any younger person coming through if you have a an interest in something and a a passion for something you, you truly believe is important then keep following it up it doesn't matter how junior you are your your opinion is really really important so looking back at your career who's the woman in pharmacy that you particularly admire oh wow goodness i've been really lucky i've been surrounded by female pharmacists who've literally changed the shape of the profession you know, but if i'm going to pick two from my previous career i'd have to say that when I worked at Imperial College, my chief pharmacist was Professor Anne Jacqueline, who has redefined the shape of the world around her. And she she went on to author much of the Carter Report about pharmacy efficiency. And she was just an absolute force of nature. Um, she was quite a formidable lady to work with, but she really had clear vision about what she wanted to achieve and she vocalised how to get it and what i always remember actually is that she broke down um, processes and services into chunks to look at the obstacles and the barriers and she worked out how to change them so in terms of vision and 
redesigning services. I still remember things that she taught me to this day. And if I'm going to be sneaky and I'm going to bring in a second person, um, I have to say that the other female pharmacist I've worked with up until this stage who really taught me so much about what it is to be a pharmacy professional, a lady called Dr. Hayley Wickens, who, when I worked with her, she was a consultant infection pharmacist. She's now a consultant pharmacist in pharmacogenomics. She's just so clever and so dedicated to her patients and excellence in clinical care. And it was just inspiring to be around her actually, because every day she came in and she was positive and she was constantly seeking new information. And it was a breathtaking to be around someone like that because you just knew that they were always on the hunt to make the service better and look after their patients even more. So what do you think needs to happen to make pharmacy a better or more rewarding career for women? So I can really only speak about the, the hospital side of things. And I think we're, we're very lucky in that circumstance because we have professional bandings that pay no attention to whether you're male or female. We work in an NHS that not only has maternity leave and maternity leave, but shared parental leave. So these are crucial things to make sure that women can achieve and follow their career and have a family. But outside of that, I think if we want to make sure that equality exists in a profession, we also need to make sure that equality exists in society. And so we need to look at the education provision in our communities and the health provision in our communities and make sure that they are fair and equitable to everyone who lives within that society to make sure that everyone can benefit. So anywhere you see inequality in terms of access to education or healthcare or welfare, these are things that we need to focus on. And we need to speak up and champion the people who are trying to change this. And then that will roll back and impact on the profession itself. Finally, my final question is this year's International Women's Day theme is to break the bias. So I wanted to know how will you help break the bias over the next year? So in terms of breaking the bias, one of the things that we we set ourselves as, as a target within the Pharmacy Declares team for the coming year is to champion people who are, or individuals who maybe hold back or a little bit quieter than they should be because they have so much talent and potential. Um, and just in the same way that I found people have been really supportive and encouraged me to speak up and voice my opinions, um, uh, we hope to make a, put a dedicated effort into doing that for other people. Because what we found is that people join us and a lot of the time they sit back and they're quiet and they listen. And then when you talk to them, they have real expertise and um, really valid uh, inputs to the conversation, but they're just too shy to speak up. So we will hope to go a long way towards breaking the bias by giving everybody the courage, should we say, to step forward. And yeah, hopefully over the next year, you'll see some new faces speaking on behalf of Pharmacy Declares and yeah, making a change. That was Tracy Lyons, a medicines optimization pharmacist, UK CPA environmental and sustainability advisor, and the co-founder of Pharmacy Declares. We spoke about why she decided to establish Pharmacy Declares, the drugs and devices that contribute most to harming the environment, 
and what changes you can make day to day to help the pharmacy sector become more sustainable. For more news and updates on CND's Women in Pharmacy group, please visit the CND community via our website, chemistandruggist.co.uk. Thank you for listening. <laughs>